1: This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me show. see you put show. your hands
2: up now. 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 With
1: guest host, Steve Weissman. I've been you guys since day one. You guys are phenomenal.
0: I'm just keep getting better, like fine wine. Live from the Rich
1: Eisen Show Studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, NFL Network host MJ Acosta Ruiz. Still to come. Big Ten Network broadcaster Lisa Byington. Tennis Hall of Famer Andy Roddick. Plus Pro Football Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Steve Weissman.
3: It is hour two of the Rich Eisen Show. Steve Weissman filling in for Rich today. So happy to be here. Reminder, the number to call in, 844-204-RICH. Brockman, Del Tufo,
2: TJ. Hey, oh, Del Tufo, yeah, we haven't heard enough yeah.
3: from you today, by it's the fine, way. Steve, it's fine, okay. Steve.
2: Um, I was working on a couple things, All right. but we're good now. Well, yeah we had some shoes.
3: For the next two hours, we're going to get some more del Tufo in. But now, uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure to welcome my friend, my fellow Northwestern wildcat, lover of a good omelette, broadcaster oh, of ooh. many sports in many places, as Lisa Byington likes to say. Lisa Byington, most notably, the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, Lisa, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us.
4: Steve, you forgot a, a lover of Steve Weissman omelets. Oh. It's it's very, very, very specific. <laughs> just just
3: just the omelets I make. You make. I mean, I feel I've gotten the photos from you. I feel like your omelet game is is stepping up these days.
4: You know, I follow your directions, and it's, <laughs> if if people don't follow uh, Steve on Instagram, uh, let me change that right now. Because if you don't know something about Steve, he's a He's a brilliant broadcaster, but maybe even a better side chef. And and the things that you post, uh, it's it's it just makes my mouth water just looking at it. But you know, I, I appreciate the intro, but but you left one very important uh, resume for, for both of us out of it. <laughs> well, I
3: was going to get to it, but go, you can go I, for I, it. Well,
4: okay, okay, because I heard you dropped the Alpena, Michigan thing. So what are the odds that two Alpena, Michigan WBKB broadcasters would be? reuniting on
3: The Rich Eisen Show. Yeah, started at the bottom, now we're here. So it's WBKB, which Lisa knows, at at one point, and probably still, stood for We Barely Know Broadcasting. (laughs) Market 208. (laughs) What's your your best Alpina story, Lisa?
4: Uh, Probably covering the Brown Trout Festival. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not big in the, in the fishing world. Uh, you mentioned I do a lot of sports, but fishing is not one of them. Uh, but I did for one weekend and, and literally it's called the Brown Trout Festival and the entire city of Alpena and the, in the area, I feel like it shuts down, you know, just to, just to take part in the Brown Trout Festival. Um, I caught my first salmon, and as I tell this story, too. the weight of the salmon <laughs> continues to grow. I think it's out now at like 196 pounds <laughs> is the weight of the salmon that I caught. Oh, but just doing some unique things like that that you wouldn't normally get to do.
3: My first story was ice fishing. Like literally, first day, Saturday, you know, we're the weekend sports anchor, go out to Grand Lake and, and go ice fishing. And I, I, they, they had to give me these boots that were made out of whale blubber. I mean, it's literally the coldest place I've ever been, Alpena, Michigan. Um, and, and somehow, h- here we are now. So, listen, you were a two-sport athlete at Northwestern soccer basketball first time I ever met you was I, b- I believe interviewing you when I worked for WNUR sports calling the women's basketball games in Northwestern and and you were you know a star point guard on the squad number 11 leading the way uh, h- how did you navigate your way to to where you are now Lisa
4: well I always thought I was going to have to wear those that number 11 jersey and I was going to play sports for the rest of my life and then I, I realized quickly that that was not going to happen <laughs> I couldn't really make a living uh, professionally doing that. So, um, you know, junior, senior year at Northwestern is when I, I really started to pivot and start thinking about what I wanted to do. I love sports so much that I, I tried to figure, like, okay, look, if you, if you can't play sports, what can you do? And, and I, I went the local news route. Um, you know, I went to the Medill School of Journalism, and they, they prepare you for a lot of great things. And I always thought that I was going to be the Sports Center anchor. Sports Center, as uh, you've you worked it, it was, you know, it, the, the show to watch, right? Well, when you were growing up, I used to. that's the first thing I would tune into when I'd eat my cereal and start my day. And, and I started out in local news and did local news for the first 12 years, um, hooked on with the Big Ten Network in the first year of the Big Ten Network in 2007 and and never said really no to opportunities. Said yes to play-by-play, to sideline reporting, some of those jobs I had never done before. And then uh, slowly but surely, you know, doors were to open up because I just wasn't scared to say yes to something I hadn't done before.
3: It's an amazing story because I, I mean, I, I know you went to Lansing after Alpina and you were there for a long time. And I, I'm, I'm so happy to see everything that you're accomplishing now and getting all the accolades that you are because you've worked your tail off and you, you've earned every single thing, every step of the way. And now you're the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, which is so cool. Um, you get extra access to Giannis, right? So w- other than what we see on court, this, this guy is, is a global superstar. I, I talk to tennis players like Maria Sacri and Stefano Sitsipas, top 10 tennis players who look up to Giannis and say that his story inspires them. What makes him so special outside the stuff we see on court?
4: I think he's so humble, and, and, and he's one of the few – celebrities and that you see that he is exactly who he is when he sits there and does his dad jokes (laughs) in the post game um when you you see the fire in him on the court i mean he's both uh part kid and and part superstar and and he embraces both of those roles and and he will never ever forget i don't know if you guys have been able to to check out rise which is his movie that came out this summer and tell a story about his family. Uh, You know, family is so important to him, number one. But number two, never forgetting about where he came from is equally as important. And so because of that, he will always be... Uh, the, one of the most humble superstars you will ever meet. And, and one of those guys that will never, ever not show the joy of playing in an NBA basketball game or whatever whatever game he's going to be playing in. You know, I mean, I think the NBA gets a bad rap sometimes for for players mailing it in and not caring. Um, well, I would encourage you to continue to watch Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks because you just will not get that kind of attitude from Giannis ever.
3: How many times did you have to say his last name over and over before you know the first first game call of the Bucks?
4: You know, I got interviewed plenty of times on on like radio stations and television stations, and uh, so I got plenty of practice with that. You know, it's interesting because um, you can pronounce it two different ways. You can pronounce it the the Nigerian way, which is has more D's and B's in it. Um, and then you can pr- you can pronounce it uh, the way I just did. Antetokounmpo, where there's more Ts and Ps. Um, that's more of the Greek version, and and that's actually the way that if you ask Giannis to say his name, and I just was looking at a you know a social media clip, that's the way that that, that he now pronounces his name. Um, you know, obviously he's he's been attached now to the Greek freak right branding. Yep. Uh, of everything, and he's going to play for the Greek national team with his brothers here coming up in uh, the EuroBasket tournament. So, uh, but it is interesting, you know, he's got that both that Nigerian uh, descent and and now and the Greek ties as well. So. Um, just say it really fast and with authority is what I tell people. And, <laughs> At Tatecumpo. <laughs> and, uh, and they won't question you.
3: <laughs> or, or just call him the Greek freak. Just call him. Yeah, I remember when he first came out. But just
4: call him Giannis. You yeah,
3: know, on SportsCenter I, I would literally just, just say Giannis. Giannis. I'd be like, Giannis. You know, I'd say a real big, you know, make it a big entrance. Uh, Lisa, we, we had MJ Acosta Ruiz on earlier, who is a true trailblazer in our industry. First Afro-Latina to host a show on NFL Network. You're the first female full-time play-by-play voice for a major men's professional sports team with the Bucks. You're also the first woman to do play-by-play in men's NCAA basketball tournament history for CBS and Turner Sports. First woman to call football games on the Big Ten Network. I, absolutely incredible and inspiring. Uh, I mentioned the, the Billy Jean King quote, you gotta see it to be it. Now that people have seen you for a little bit, what effect do you think it's had on others being it as well?
4: I just I hope I don't have to answer these questions um, many more times, and and I hope other women who are in play-by-play roles or quote-unquote non-traditional roles that we're we're not used to or accustomed uh, to seeing women in um, can stop answering these questions. I understand why why the questions come, but I, I've always said, Steve, that that my goal is to have a female voice on a quote-unquote men's game become background noise. And and you're thinking, well, what does that mean? Well, think of how many times you're just listening to a a game in the background and you're not thinking twice about who the announcers are because, you know, more times than not, there are two men calling a game. And so I'm guilty of it as anyone – when you have a game on, and, and regardless if if the female voice is a play-by-play or an analyst, but someone in a non-traditional role, and and typically, on a men's game, football, baseball, soccer, basketball, um, I stop sometimes to think and to try to figure out who's that female announcer doing that game, and and so the goal is to do the job in the right way and good enough. That, that more women get hired in these roles and that eventually it becomes, and it's probably going to be a generational change. It's probably not something that subconsciously we're all going to make that shift and that pivot five years or a couple years down the line. But someday we just stop thinking about gender ties to an announcer and we just look at them as announcers.
3: I don't want Lisa Byington to be background noise. Uh, I'll just tell you that I, I love the way you call games. I, I love listening to you during March Madness, during football season, during basketball season. I mean, literally. I, I mean, I have two full-time jobs. I think you have about seventeen of them. Um, you cover literally every sport, and, and it's that is not easy to do to be an expert one day on one thing and the next day on something else. So I I give you a ton of props for that. Uh, Your first football game on big 10 network this year, September 3rd, it's coming up Maryland hosting Buffalo. How do you see the big 10 football shaping up this year?
4: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. Um, You know, I I have Michigan also in, in week two um, against Hawaii. And I was just recently looking at, at Michigan and how they kind of stack up uh, against Ohio state. Um, you know, it's for the Big Ten this year. It's the first time, right? Like you're not having any like major head coaching changes. All 14 head coaches return. Um, I think some of the biggest storylines is, is some of these teams, uh, Michigan, like included, um, have made some major changes with their offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. So, you know, the first couple weeks, what, what we know, Michigan football to be, or, uh, you know, with Ohio state on the defensive side of the ball, that's where they made their DC changes. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it will be interesting to see, you know, the styles and the schemes of, of of some of these teams and, and how things have evolved. You know, I, I think it's, the Big Ten uh, has has shown itself in terms of making the college football playoff as well, and uh, you know, with Ohio State and Michigan, I think being some of the favorites to once again possibly be in there as well. But I think there's just a lot of question marks. I think there'll be a lot of intrigue because of some of those coaching changes that I mentioned about, um, especially in the in the first couple of weeks. And in Ohio State, gets out of the gates right and plays Notre Dame, so that's one on uh september 3rd that i'm looking forward to kind of keeping an eye on
3: lisa very smart to go michigan heavy on the rich eisen show a lot of michigan analysis go blue i mean listen we, we both spend a lot of time you're from michigan right you're you're from western michigan
4: i grew up in kalamazoo michigan yeah. K-Zoo. and, and, and uh, my first two jobs were as you mentioned Alpena, michigan and, and lansing michigan so um i am i am heavy on the state of Michigan.
3: That, that said, Lisa, you are a Northwestern Wildcat, student-athlete, the, the whole deal. Are, are we going to make a bowl game uh, again this year? How's, how's Coach Fitz going to do?
4: Well, you know, he's got that weird, uh, like, win three games and then win the West Division, <laughs> lose, you know, <laughs> yeah. win three games on a, like, pattern going, so... Uh, since they had, uh, since they had lost three games last year, maybe the, the West division title in a bowl game is, is in the horizon. But as you know, I mean, when they have, uh, fallen off, um, as with a lot of teams, it's been quarterback issues, right. And, uh, it, it just kind of been a merry-go-round for them in that position. So I'd like to see them solidify that. And, um, you know, if Fitz finds some magic over there, so um, so I'm hoping that Northwestern and and the Big Ten can get as many teams in bowl games again this year.
3: He was Fitz magic before Fitz magic, Pat Fitzgerald. What, what a legend there at Northwestern. Uh, what, what's your take on college athletes and these NIL deals? I know, I mean, you would have been you would have been a millionaire before you even entered your, your professional broadcasting world with all your you know accolades as, as a two sport athlete. But what do you make of this?
4: You know, I um, as you mentioned, I played two sports at Northwestern, right, basketball and soccer, so I got a kind of feel um, at the time of basketball is a is a full scholarship sport, and I ended up walking on the soccer team as well and, and playing both, and, and soccer is not a full scholarship sport. So, you know, if you were to ask me this question, I was really in the camp about not paying student-athletes many, many years ago. Um, just going off of my experience of, of just playing in the 90s, I was thinking about the opportunities um, and the advantages I got as a student athlete at Northwestern and just a full scholarship sport with basketball. I mean, you were getting per diems and stipends and not spending all that money. So I was saving it, you know, and and sometimes using that to buy Christmas gifts, right. For my family, (laughs) um, you know, we would get gear. Uh We would play in the Big Ten basketball conference tournament, and and the conference would uh get clearance to issue us gifts. So I remember one time we got a TV as a gift, just playing, just participating. You talk about participation awards, right? Yep. Just for participating in the Big Ten conference tournament, we were getting TVs, and that was back in the 90s. So if you were to ask me back then, I would say, you know, not to mention the free education that you get. Um, and, and going to a school like Northwestern. And so I was in a camp back then about, you know, what the student athletes are getting paid and, and this is how they are getting paid and they are getting benefits, but, you know the sports landscape is changing, and now I've I've flipped, and 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 I see that you know, hey, if a Northwestern theater student has the the capability, of of getting benefits or getting paid and and outside sources, um, you know, why can't a Northwestern football player or a Northwestern basketball player, do the same thing? You know, social media, which didn't exist, Steve, you know, when when we were in college. Um, That's changed the world. And and now student-athletes have become their their own best marketers, right? So, um, you know, my concern is that of of many, I think, that the haves and the have-not will only separate more. And so my concern is that the rich getting richer. And so obviously I think there has to be some regulations to be put in place. But nil, I I'm not smart enough to let you know what those can be. Um, and I also recognize, too, that sometimes we put in the wrong regulations, and regulations in themselves have been a problem. But it's a sensitive issue. I'm glad my job is not in those negotiation rooms or <laughs> rule-setting rooms and that I just get to put on the headset and, and talk about the athletes and the sports that they play.
3: Lisa, after joining us today here on The Rich Eisen Show, you are doing something very special. What is that?
4: Well, I'm meeting uh, a young woman, uh, Reagan Holgate, and she just graduated from Michigan State. And she is the first uh, honoree of the Lisa Byneton Award. And um, it's still a little bit weird for me to say the name of that award, but it, it's not something that I chose. It was something, actually, the whole concept of it, I was surprised by the Big Ten Conference and the Big Ten Network. And so um, I think it was pushed a little bit by Commissioner Kevin Warren. And it, it came, um, you know, on the, on the heels of the Milwaukee Bucks making the hire to make me the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. And um, Commissioner Warren and the Big Ten Conference and the Big Ten Network wanted to do something to put my name to it to honor the best uh, female broadcaster um, at, in the Student U world. And the Student U world is all 14 Big Ten schools they have programs for all the students at all those schools to be a part of games to broadcast games whether it's behind the camera or in front of the camera and and this is year one and so uh reagan holgate was our winner she's from michigan state she is an awesome awesome broadcaster and even better person and um, we're meeting with her today, and part of the award is she gets a free lunch in Chicago. <laughs> and then she gets a, she gets a tour throughout um, the big Ten network studios today. We'll take her through. She'll get to tape actually some stuff herself. Um, and then she'll get to sit back and, and look at the control room and, and watch actually the big show, which is being taped today. She'll get to sit through that and maybe ask some questions. So she just gets like the, the best seat in the house um, to watch a, a network go to work here today.
3: That's so cool, Lisa. C- congratulations to Reagan. Congratulations to you. Once again, the Lisa Byington Award honoring the top female student you broadcaster every year. This is year one. Uh, Reagan's going to have an awesome time today. We really appreciate you. You spending some time with us here on the Rich Eisen show. All the icon vibes for Lisa Byington. Uh, Lisa, hope to see you soon.
4: All right, Steve, from one alpina alum to the to the next. Thanks for having me on.
3: Anytime, you got it. Go Cats. Lisa Byington, absolute trailblazer here in uh, broadcasting. Does so much. I mean, she was doing the Big Three this weekend: basketball, doing football for Big Ten Network. The Lisa Byington Award. How cool is that to have an award? Uh, named after you because of all the stuff that that you've already accomplished. And uh, speaking of folks that have accomplished stuff, we got Andy Roddick coming up next. Tennis Hall of Famer, another legend in his own right. Steve Weissman filling in for Rich today on The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover,
3: shout out producer mike because that is the best intro for our next guest brooklyn decker joining rich a few years ago here on the rich eisen show steve weissman in for rich today the whole family on the show as we've got hall of fame tennis player hall of fame human my friend my colleague andy roddick joining us on the mercedes-benz vans phone line uh andy we just had brooke on the show i don't know if you were able to hear that but but how's bob costas doing
5: uh he's good hi steve Weisman. um <laughs> Bob Bob Costas is good. It's always a trip when he has to go to the vet, and they call you and they say, uh, "Well, Bob Costas is ready to be picked up." It's, <laughs> it's just it's just like it forever. Never I,
3: I mean, I I looked up to Bob Costas a lot growing up, so I I think that's that's a really cool name for a dog. Uh, for us, I mean, this is kind of like uh, prep for TC Live tonight. We're going to be joining forces in about uh, seven, eight hours uh, for a show from Canada. Uh, I I know you're probably watching tennis right now. Serena and Venus Williams are playing Canada. Serena's actually on court right now. I've got this monitor in front of me with with six different screens. She took the first set against Naria Parizas-Diaz. So U.S. Open is in three weeks. Uh, First, instant analysis. If you've been watching Serena, what have you seen?
5: Yeah, she looks good. Listen, I, I care less about how she looks Kind of in the course of a set, if she can get through matches, Steve, even if it's not her best, which it it, honestly would be crazy to think that she's going to kind of come out of the gates with anything near her best because she's played one match in the last calendar year. Uh, I do love that she's trying to get some reps in this far ahead of the U.S. Open because she kind of in the past has kind of uh, maybe played one lead in event or maybe none going into slam sometimes. I don't think she can get away with that now having been off so long. But if she can get 2 or 3 matches a couple weeks in a row going into the US Open then you know she's got a shot to actually win some matches and let's not get carried away and say she's ready to win the tournament but i think the only chance she has to make uh, a big run in new york city is to to kind of uh find her base over the next couple weeks
3: serena playing right now venus williams is going to play later today she's 42 serena's going to turn 41 in september uh canada this week the first tournament andy where you beat Roger Federer was, uh, was at the Canadian Masters. It's Roger Federer's birthday. He turns 41 today. Happy birthday, Roger, by the way. Uh, how much more tennis do you think we're going to see from Roger Federer? Screw Federer, man.
5: No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, you, 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 don't. I'm sure that'll be the headline somewhere. TJ is <laughs> yeah. yeah. clipping it
6: off right now. <laughs> right. We got it.
5: <laughs> right. We all know this. I also, Steve, you're just a, you, you're the like a golden host where you pick one of the handful of times I actually beat him, as opposed to the 20-something I lost to him, to actually reference in the lead up to that question. I appreciate you endlessly. Um, but I, listen, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see Roger come back and be able to compete. Three out of five sets over the course of seven matches, as it would, you know, as it takes to, to win a Grand Slam. I do hope that he gets to go out on his own terms. He's currently scheduled to play in two events before the end of this calendar year uh, at Labor Cup um, at the O2, and then in Basel, which is his home tournament. The stadium's actually uh, named after him there. So I think we'll have a better sense after seeing him. Uh, at those tournaments where it's not going to have a huge physical toll on the body, indoors, two out of three sets, not having to deal with conditions. At Labor Cup, uh, he owns the event, so therefore he can kind of schedule himself <laughs> as needed. Maybe it doubles with Rafa, which would be unbelievable for us to see one more time. I know Novak's on that the European team, Murray's on the European team. So uh, I, I don't, I, I'm not super optimistic looking forward to next year. Uh, time is undefeated, right? So I don't automatically think he's going to, be better when he comes back because he wasn't the favorite at slams uh, when he was hurt. But I also know, uh, knowing Roger, that he doesn't want his last competitive set to be a 6-0 loss uh, at Wimbledon. So I'm happy that he's kind of scheduled it, rehabbed, long process to kind of have the opportunity to go out on his own terms. But... Um, he certainly deserves no less than that. Uh,
3: I will always be your biggest hype man, Andy Roddick. Um, <laughs> and by the way, twenty-one and three is, is the record. But I will also point out, you won the last time you all played, so well, you went I, out a winner I, against Roger.
5: Yeah, I had. It's weird. I spent a decade of my life beating everyone except him, and then. My last, like, four months on tour, I only beat him, so I don't know.
3: <laughs> and Canada was good. You beat him twice there. Um, you, you brought up Labor Cup, which, which I think is fascinating. I want you to talk a little bit more about the fact that we've got Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and Andy Murray all playing on the same team. How cool is that?
5: Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty insane. I mean, I, I think the only real comp, if you're just going purely team competition, as a, you know when it's actually a, you know a, a pretty serious event would be maybe the dream team in 92 um, with, with, with Team USA, but to kind of have the guys who pretty much have all of the titles from you know, the past you know tw- almost 20 years now, um, I think especially because we don't know you know, Murray's playing with metal hips, Roger uh, has obviously had his knee issues and that'll be the first time he plays in 15 months. Um, Novak and Rafa are playing great, but you feel like Rafa is kind of one physical ailment away. We, we kind of, uh, we certainly don't take his health for granted at this point. So it is nice that they're on uh, the team together. I think it'll be uh, more of a celebration um, of of their careers and what they've accomplished. Uh, obviously, uh, Annie Murray's uh, kind of hometown, home, adopted home country there at the O2. Roger's so popular. Novak, Rafa, it's it's going to be fantastic and. It seems like Labor Cup would be the the right place for that to take place because it is a made-for-TV event. They let you in the locker rooms. They let you hear the conversations. Uh, it, it's the best access point that we have as as tennis viewers. So, uh, what better place to be actu- actually be able to kind of take a, a a peek behind the curtain uh, with those four?
3: I, I cannot wait for it. It'll be on Tennis Channel. And uh, you brought up the Dream Team. And by the way, today is the thirtieth anniversary of the dream team winning the gold medal 92 olympics in barcelona they beat croatia and and they took home the gold they reclaimed the gold for the united states so uh because of that uh, i'm gonna ask you that cage match you got the big three roger rafa (laughs) novak against the big three magic bird jordan what happens
5: geez that's a that's a tough one i'm (laughs) i I, i'm gonna get in trouble either way um (laughs) but the way i see it is you have an argument with our three of who are the best of all time, right? And you can, you know, pretty much choose any one of those three from the three that you picked from the dream team. And this is no disrespect because they're both—they're all great. But Magic and Bird, you don't often hear in the greatest of all time conversation now. Whether that's fair or not, it's kind of the the way it is. So I'll take three that are in the conversation for the best of all time with Roger, Rafa, Novak versus uh, the, those greats that you mentioned, where Jordan is kind of the one that. Uh, Is is consistently in that conversation.
3: Tennis, once again, rules. I expect nothing less from you, Andy Roddick. Uh, We talk about these incredible legends playing at 40 years plus, Serena, Venus, uh, Roger. You announced your retirement on your 30th birthday, played a a few matches after that. What goes into that decision for an elite athlete?
5: Well, listen, mine was different, Steve. I I can't really compare my decision to, to kind of the greats, but um, you know, for me, it was when I thought that I couldn't catch lightning in a bottle and make a run to the semi-finals uh, of a slam, right? And and, and so I, I knew that I had to go through, you know, three of those guys, four of those guys, as 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 my ranking slipped. That became a lot tougher. Um, I was having a harder time finding motivation. Um, and this is, a, a, it was a r- really lucky life problem to have. But I won two out of my last five events on tour, but they were the lower tiers. And you know, for me, there was other stuff I wanted to do. And uh, I just didn't know if I could – my shoulder holds up through seven matches to beat kind of the greatest players of all time. So uh, it wasn't a long-thought-out process like uh, like kind of we're seeing with Venus and Serena and Roger where they've been off extended period of time and are still trying to come back. I decided uh, the morning that I retired that I was going to retire, and that was kind of it. And, um, you know, they, they've they've all acted uh, a lot more responsibly than in, in many ways than I have uh, throughout the years. So um, I, I do think they should be afforded whatever process – they want. Um, it, it kinda pisses me off when you you read stuff. It's like they should just retire. It's like listen, you should retire from sitting on your couch and, and having dumb opinions. You know, it doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense and they should however they want to finish is, is how they should finish.
3: No, I, I totally agree with you. Every athlete's a little bit different, and, and whatever makes them happy, if, if being out on the court and making a second round, third round, by the way, I, I want to see it because anytime we can see these legends play uh, sure. and, and witness them doing their thing, I think is, is extremely special. So whether yeah. they're playing 40-41, it, it's cool for me to see. Uh, you talk about you know the U.S. Open coming up, and on the men's side, uh, it, it's a little bit wide open, but we've got this guy, Nick Kyrgios, who is, is a bit brash. Uh, he got to the final of Wimbledon, lost to Novak Djokovic, but he just won in D.C. yesterday, the singles and doubles. I think he's won 18 of his last 19 matches. He's, he's got a huge following in, in tennis. Where does he go into your favorites for the U.S. Open?
5: Well, he's up there. I mean, obviously, we're dealing with kind of the Novak drama, and he won't be there. I think Novak would be kind of the only person you could point to and say he's the clear favorite if he was in the event. Um, he's not, uh, as it currently stands. Uh, we don't know uh, how healthy Rafa is off of the, the torn abdomen um, where he couldn't play that semifinal against Kyrgios. Uh, Steve, for a long time, I questioned no – let's put it this way. No one's ever questioned Nick Curios's Physical ability. Uh, in, in my opinion, he's the only person on earth whose physical talents can rival the, the big three that we were just talking about, right? And so, but physical talents hasn't always equaled physical fitness. It certainly hasn't equaled mental readiness uh, throughout the course of his career. Navigating through Wimbledon, getting through best of five set matches, playing in those pressure moments, uh, those are all good things for Nick. And it would have gone one of two ways on the heels of that Wimbledon. Uh, traditionally, when he's done well, he's kind of been satisfied and has maybe coasted through the next couple of months. Big, big deal, Steve, that he goes into Washington, uh, which is a pretty big event in the lead, in the lead up uh, to the U.S. Open. Brutal conditions outside, metal stadium just breathing on you, humidity. Uh, to go through singles and doubles and not to tap out mentally or physically is a big, big sign. Uh, I was—I mean, I remember us being on before Wimbledon, and you kind of asking me a similar question, and, and, and me saying, I don't know if he has the body or has put in the work to actually get through those matches. Getting through a tough ma- tough uh, tournament like that in D.C. with those uh, conditions is a, a big, big sign for Nick Kieros, and I think it puts him into the top... You know two maybe three favorites for the u s open
3: top two or three favorites for the u s Open Nick curious I mean who would have said that a year ago now he 's back inside the top forty he just won a couple of titles he 's winning multiple doubles titles um, I, I, he seems focused and, and he told us you know after Wimbledon and losing that that if he had won he would he would kind of have checked out at that point It was his favorite tournament Wimbledon all time growing up all right i 've done everything I need. I'm done now. He he has something to shoot for. I think Novak Djokovic gave him a, a lot of uh, encouragement and and to keep fighting and, and keep going for it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in New York. Uh, Andy, one positive that came out of COVID was was getting to work with you, getting to know you. You had done radio before. You had worked at FS1. Uh, what made you want to get back in, into broadcasting and specifically tennis?
5: Well, I don't know that I was sitting around. Yeah, you know, for for me, it's never been about love of the you know lack of love of the game or lack of interest in what's going on. And um, I certainly tune in uh, whenever I can. But um, you know, all of a sudden, COVID happens and precedent is set from not having to travel to everything. Uh, as you know, kind of having uh, been one of our our leaders at Tennis Channel, you you normally have to travel uh, a lot in the tennis if you want kind of want to stay in the pace uh, space. And that was just something I wasn't really willing to do with uh, a young family and kind of other other priorities. And so. Uh, given the chance uh, during COVID, um, you all let me in and let me on air, and uh, luckily I had you to guide me. But, um, you know, I was happy to kind of talk about it again. Tennis is my first love, and, um, you know, the, the the precedent was set from being able to kind of like broadcast from your, your closet or your attic or wherever you might want to. Um, and so the I, I had fun. It seems like uh, Tennis Channel kind of had fun, uh, and uh, it's been a continued relationship. It, you know, it's, it's still one where we don't have – anything real formal and I, I just enjoy showing up when asked and uh i still enjoy uh you know talking shop a, a, about tennis and it's been uh, a nice little kind of lifeline back back into the sport
3: it, it is awesome to have you we are so grateful to have you on tennis channel because i mean your perspective is is like none other and uh you know it's been good getting to know you a, as well in addition to tennis Andy Roddick, you are the co-owner of a golf course and a bourbon with Peyton Manning, <laughs> Hall of Famer Peyton Manning, just one Hall of Famer to another. H- how did that come about? Uh, what's it like to work with Peyton? Uh,
5: it's about what you would think. You know, you, you get on that. Uh, basically, uh, my co-founder and I um, had this dumb idea. We don't know anything about bourbon, so we decided we would start a bourbon bourbon brand. Um uh, but it was out of Tennessee. We figured, you know, we'd, we'd we'd go get Tennessee Jesus, Peyton Manning, involved, and you know, we kind of just asked, and he was interested, and so uh, you know, kind of that was that. And then, uh, but as far as working with Peyton, you know, the the, the weekly Wednesday calls, he's uh, very into details. I'm sure that's surprising to to everyone. Everyone has to have a role in what they're going to do before next week, so it's not uh, it's not kind of uh, a leap to imagine what he would have uh, been like in a, hu- in a in a huddle, but. I mean, he, he just hasn't slowed down at all uh, since he retired. Um, he, he has so many things going on with his production company, and we've all seen him on with uh, Eli as uh, kind of an, an alternative broadcast option uh, during the football games. And, you know, he, he kind of wants to do it all, and he, and he is doing it all. So it's been, uh, it's been fun to work with him uh, on this venture, and obviously we're, we're better
3: for it at Sweden's go. Do, do you talk shop at all about your careers, about broadcasting, what you're doing now?
5: Not really. It's it's pretty it's pretty uh, kind of business centric. Um, you know, I, I don't think he really uh, cares what I did. Um, I don't know that we need to rehash. You know, the twelve yard out that he used to throw. I think our I think our focus is more on uh, trying to grow a brand. We're in thirteen states currently and uh, kind of growing year over year. And you know, we just we just want to kind of make a make a great brand and you know at least provide the resources for our blender, Mary and Eve's, to uh, put out a great product.
3: Cannot, cannot wait. for I'm still waiting for the, my bottle of Sweetens Cove. But now that I Callie, give you the, the opportunity. Tough, it's to, like the,
5: the booze industry is the last <laughs> mafia, man. You got to go through everyone <laughs> to get it on the shelf.
3: Uh, uh, Andy, Andy we're, trying to, we're trying to promote stuff here. You've got a big platform on social media, nearly one and a half million followers. Um, the, the content is, I love the content. How would you characterize <laughs> the content that you put out?
5: uh probably pretty polarizing um i have opinions on a lot of stuff not not I, I like rarely comment about tennis but um you know i get told to kind of shut up and dribble a lot
3: uh <laughs> on my twitter account. so i guess that's how you'd categorize it who who told you that uh, i don't even know how to say this santan dave is better than eminem what, what was that about uh, oh man it's it my friend
5: paul little's from london and his nephew's over visiting and saw you know he said he's really into hip hop. I said, "Who's the greatest of all time?" And he said, "San Ten Dave." I go, "It can't be the greatest of all time if I don't." Uh, or he actually said it was some guy named Dave. I'm like, "Okay, well, some guy named Dave is the greatest of all time." And I threw out Eminem, and he he was just uh, couldn't have been more repulsed by me saying it was <laughs> Eminem. So um, I kind of had to kind of throw it out there to the Twitterverse uh, and see if I was the crazy one. Uh, turns out I'm not in this specific scenario, but he was all excited because some guy named Dave liked my tweet and he was attached on it so it made <laughs> a day anyway.
3: I wonder what would happen if you had thrown out Phil Collins cuz I that, I feel like that's your that's your number 1.
5: Phil Collins is amazing. I've I've it just it's been such a love affair during covid <laughs> with with me and Phil Collins. It's just fantastic.
3: Well, Andy, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate your friendship. Uh look forward to working <laughs> with you later today. TC Live 10:30 Eastern on Tennis Channel. We'll see uh if Serena can pull through and uh this was kind of like your your uh, rehearsal for that. I know Mark Huska likes to do <laughs> rehearsal. We, we got a rehearsal on the Rich Eisen show.
5: That's right. It's my first rehearsal ever for the, for the tennis <laughs> channel. But Weiss, Manny, I love you, brother. I'll, I'll see you later on. I
3: right, love you, too. Thank you so much. Andy Roddick, Tennis Hall of Famer. Great guy. And, and, and by the way, a Hall of Fame text backer. I, I don't know how you say it, but just there there's certain people you send out a text and like they get that. right back to you. See, I like that. That's Andy Roddick. Most people these days, I don't know. Takes them a few minutes. Leave you on red. The leave texts. Leave you on red is the worst. Leave you on red's the worst. I mean, that's when you see the three like little dots come up, and you
5: think you're getting a reply back, and then then they go away. Disappears. That yeah, that's like the worst.
3: So it's that's one of two things. I feel like one, either they've decided not to continue the conversation. (laughs) You just got like that's it. Or two, they're actually writing something really long. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes it goes away, and then you get like you know the full seven paragraphs. Sure, sure, sure. That you didn't want either. Yes. Because just pick up a phone and call me. Just, just call me. Uh, Uh, Emojis. Andy Roddick is he an emoji guy? Yeah. I mean, but uh, yes, he is. He he, he's he's given he's given heart emojis. He's he's such a good dude. Honestly, like. You know, obviously I was a big fan of his as a tennis player growing up and he's the last American to win a major and um, just very self-deprecating, great personality guy. And and then, you know, to be thrown on a show with him during the pandemic and and just getting to know him organically has has been awesome. And then, you know, I can just text him, talk tennis anytime gets right back to me for this show. It's like Andy doing the show on uh, Monday he's like anything for you. How cool is that? Oh, That's cool. Amazing. How cool is that? Yeah.
7: Amazing. I should have asked him to shoot. So, are we betting Nick Kyrgios to win oh the U.S. God. Open? <laughs> he said
3: top two or three. 20, so he, 25 to one right now to win. Yes. Ooh, I, I, I'm putting, yeah, As long as you use DraftKings. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> right. He's playing
7: really well. He's I mean, he's how much have really you well. seen Nick? Yeah, I mean, I've been watching since, you know, I watched obviously Wimbledon and all that fun stuff. He was yelling at nobody in the stands in particular. But, uh, <laughs> That's what he does every match. <laughs> he's, he's great. He's so fun. I think he's the, the type of young, exciting personality that tennis needs.
3: He is. I, I, I'm full on board for that. There are some controversial things surrounding Nick, but overall, I, I think. Overall,
7: he, I just mean on the court, but yeah.
3: He, he, he's great for, for the sport of tennis. Steve Weissman filling in for Rich today on the Rich Eisen Show. Still got another hour to come. We got Kurt Warner, yes. another Hall of Famer, talking about Dick Vermeil and more. Don't go anywhere. Great to have you back here with us. Steve Weisman, filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. Rich doing such a spectacular job this past weekend at the Hall of Fame, hosting the Hall of Fame dinner, making headlines at the Hall of Fame dinner, roasting Ohio State and then leading our coverage on NFL Network. During the ceremony, eight new members of the Hall of Fame. We got Brockman in the house. We got Del Tufo. Hey, we got TJ. Uh, a couple things I've noticed in the studio. Okay, one, TJ, the candle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you, explain. And what does well, it smell mic. like, well, you know, Mike? TJ, it's already hot in here. Turn your mic Mike, on. TJ. Turn it, your mic
7: on. Babe. I like Jeez, it to smell good. Please.
6: A little atmosphere, a little ambiance. You know, I got a friend who has her own candle company. It's okay. called Woods Creek Candles, and you know, she hooks me up. And you know, it
3: just you know sets a little mood over here, Steve. The, is Woods Creek? Is that the kind that you hear the the the, the candle kind of crippl? No, but as those it goes. are good too. these those are, are hard just guys. that's just those the
6: name. It's uh, I think where she Wait, lives they in North those? Carolina. They that's do. the name of it. So, but yeah.
3: Okay. So, you know, the candle yeah, just I adds to yeah. this. Love the atmosphere. Uh, and, I, and I noticed in front of Del Tufo, uh, John Wertheim's book, Al Michaels, written with Al Michaels' book, but written with my guy, John Wertheim. You can't make this stuff that up. That's right. L. John Wertheim, great, great author, also a uh, fellow colleague on Tennis Channel. And, and Brockman, I'm
0: I got sorry a lot that it's, it, it's
3: taken two hours to, to get yeah. to this. What do we got? But, um, That's totally fine. Yeah. Best ah, yes, ever. Best dad ever. Right? I need to take so that back. I'm not a father and you are well, you can
7: just put that to the
3: side. Well, I it's feel like you can okay. come over here. I know I know, you know, Bob, Rich you may that. take it back at some point, but I don't want to walk it to you because I don't want Rich being mad. But if you take it. No, I'll come take it. Okay.
7: okay. Although Ryan's going to Ryan Leaf is going to be here the rest yeah. of the week. He is a father, so yes. we can just
3: But is, is he the a better way. father than you?
7: Great question. He's certainly taller and bigger than I am, so <laughs> I'm, I'm almost afraid to just take it away from him. He could hurt me. All right. You got, you got some
3: NFL headlines for us. Yeah, well,
7: let's do some NFL news real quick. Hey, Mike, hit it.
2: And now, with a report of the day's news from the world of sports and entertainment, someone who is not a journalist or newsman by any definition of the word whatsoever, it's Chris Brockman.
7: This is the first time you're seeing that very disrespectful opening. Calling me not a I mean, I have awards at home. Uh, hey guys, breaking news: we got a new contract in Baltimore. Whoa. Not Lamar Jackson. It's oh, Justin Tucker. Oh. Justin, Tucker oh. Justin Tucker, future Hall of Fame kicker, signed a four-year extension, twenty-four million dollars, about seventeen million guaranteed for Justin Tucker. One kick for your life. One kick for your life.
3: 53 yards. I was going to say, closer, I would go to Mark Mosley.
7: Tucker or Adam Vinatieri? Ooh.
3: One kick for your life, TJ.
7: How about this? It's snowing. It's snowing, and you got one kick for your life, Mike. Tucker or Vinatieri? My guy. You're (laughs) Adam
6: Vinatieri. (laughs) You're good either way. Neither one of them are going to miss that yeah, kick. But I get vindictive. You're alive either been way. Been either, you, you take one, I'll gladly take the other one. Okay, and, and, and you know we're going to toast each other when we're done. Neither <laughs> one of them are missing. Yeah, that's true. true. That's it true. You're probably right. It All is. right, some other NFL headlines. Uh, we
7: talked about Josh Jacobs earlier. Josh McDaniels said the team is not trying to trade him, which only makes me believe that they are, <laughs> and they just haven't got a uh, haven't got a good enough offer yet. Uh, let's see. Mekhi Becton this is bad news for Jets fans. Makai Becton uh, got carted off today with a knee injury. He was ho- kind of hobbling around. But Robert Sala said there's no panic about it. Uh, so that's a good deal. He was on his same knee that he had uh, missed most of last year with. Uh, let's see. Jameis Winston tweaked his foot, rolled his ankle in practice today. Give you one guess. Do you guys have any idea who the Saints backup is? Do you guys know this? I did not oh, I, know this. Oh, I think Taysom Hill's Friday. been switched.
6: I think I do know. Is it Andy Dalton?
7: It's Andy Dalton. Oh, <laughs> Andy Dalton is the Saints backup. This guy can't quit us, and we can't quit him. We love Andy. First team, all hair. But anyway, we'll see uh, how it's going there with Jameis Winston. Uh, let's see. The Ravens activated J.K. Dobbins off the pup list. And he missed all of last year with an ACL, uh, ACL tear that he had during um, – During training camp, so that's good news there for fantasy if you're looking out for him. Uh, Let's see. What else we got? Anything else out there? And as we mentioned earlier, Baker Mayfield has the inside track to start uh, week one for the Carolina Panthers. Baker Baker. I I think that's the way to go. And Kareem Hunt has apparently demanded a trade there out of Cleveland, and the team basically said no. (laughs) I love it when the team just says no. Hey, I would like to be gone. No, sorry, we're we're not getting rid of you.
3: <laughs> he's seen a lot of other folks though demand trades and then get paid. So I think he's looking to get paid. He's still a good player, only twenty seven years old. So they got they got that one two punch, him and Nick Chubb. That's that's a dangerous backfield. They, they
7: need pretty dynamic.
3: Kareem Hunt, Steve Weissman filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Kurt Warner still to come next hour. One thing I talked about. Earlier to, to MJ Acosta Ruiz with the quarterbacks in the in the AFC West. I love it. Yeah. I love and it. I said Russell Wilson for me was fourth Ooh. in that list. I'm curious Ooh. to get your thoughts.
7: Now are we looking at like heading into this season? As yes. we head into this year, who do you want one through four?
3: Yes. Ooh.
7: So
6: we're saying if we if we have a game that we need to much not, like that kick, and we need to win well, a game. It it's not, game? not just one game; it's no, all whole, whole season. Whole season. Okay. Yeah. Whole season. Whole season. That's Because I think
3: that does change it. One game, I think, changes a little bit. Then Russell would be higher. Would definitely change yeah. it.
6: Uh, you know, Rich Rich has been all in all the quote AEW. He's been all in on the Raiders. I don't know that he put car number one necessarily there, but he's definitely all in on them. It's you got four good quarterbacks, man. You really do. I do have a question, though, just kind of touching back to something MJ said. And I I don't know if I believe this or not, but are we kind of like overrating the Chargers a little bit based upon what they've done in the past, which is making people go, why are you so high? Or are people picking up for the the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, they're in the conversation. In conversation, like MJ said, uh, people are pretty high on the Chargers. I, I hear some people say Chargers don't get enough respect. Maybe that's what she said. I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. that's what she said. That's what I'm she, said. Sorry. That's that's what what she said. said. I was watching a show today, and they were hyping up the Chargers like they're a step away from the Super Bowl. So, just kind of curious. As Actually, what their win totals kind of high. Uh, uh, the Desert has
3: them ten and a half, same as the Chiefs. Really? Okay. You, you've got a generational quarterback. I mean, like I, I, I have him behind Mahomes on my uh, list. I love Herbert.
7: I think for this year, I'd rather have
3: Herbert than honest. Mahomes. Why? What? Like, but but why? What would no Tyree kill? Okay,
7: I mean, it's, I think it's very think simple. That changes That's very that weird because I think a, we're going to see a few we're months see how ago much-
6: you were ready to put Patrick Mahomes on the Mount Rushmore of all quarterbacks. Yep, and now you're saying now he lost one guy. He's a big guy. Well, I mean, but, it's a
7: it's a big guy.
6: But now you're saying <laughs> I think he's Patrick gone Mahomes- and he's no longer that dude that you thought he was. We're
7: talking about just this season, right?
6: Yeah, but still, if you have a guy that you were willing to put on the Mount Rushmore up there with Brady and yeah,
7: he's amazing. It, Patrick Mahomes is is amazing. But for this season, I mean, give me, Herbert. He's got his full complement of weapons. That's interesting. You okay. got a guy like, oh, come on, really?
6: I Yeah, I just, yeah.
7: I mean. We're going to see how good Tyreek Hill really was.
3: 844-204-RICH. <laughs> call in. Let us know your
7: thoughts.